I'm Liz Tapia, the dark angel from darkbeautymusic.com. And when I'm not ruling my enchanted world, I'm listening to the David Bowers Awards Show. And now, around the world and around the corner, it's the David Bowers Awards, bringing the best in indie music to millions of listeners worldwide with your host, the David Bowers. We've got a fantastic lineup of guests, our entire crew here at the Asylum, and me, I'm John Bon Jovial. And now, here's the voice of indie music, the David Bowers. And once again, thank you very much there, the legendary John Bon Jovial. And thank you, listeners, for joining us for another week of music and talk with the artists who make it. Right now, we're going to give you the usual extra track. We like to give you right up front just to get you in the mood. Here is a girl from Canada who is making a name for herself. She goes by the name of Rachel Bond, and this is Snapshot. Oh my God, it's all so pretty. Oh my God, it looks so right. The endless dream of stories that keep filling up my life. Always hippin', always trendy, always happy, always chic. All the killer content every day and every week. The bombs and the fires, the hearts and the hands, the glory and the praise. It's such an inspiration. I only see the snapshot. What's in the frame Taking what I'm giving Believing what they say It's such an inspiration Looking in the frame And I can't look away Can't look away Crap that photo so nothing really shows Hide just what you wanted so that becomes the truth You don't need to share what you're really going through The lights in the mirror, the hair in the shoes For glory and for praise It's such an inspiration I only see the snapshot See what's in the
Snapshot. That's Rachel Vaughn. And uh, what an interesting sound. Very sparse instrumentation, but full, rich voices. That's out on all platforms right now. She's a Canadian singer-songwriter, and that tune was co-written by Roseanne Beaker Thornley. Now, Rachel describes herself as a Disney princess wannabe and says her mission is to inspire her fans to discover their true potential through her positive and purpose-driven music. John, John Bon Jovial, what do you think? Um, I like it, and the one thing that I couldn't help but notice about it is the distinct lack of auto-tune. Well, it's very refreshing. Yes. It's very nice. It really is. Uh, the young lady's got a good voice. Uh, she's got a nice very commercial sound. Yeah, and I, I think that uh, you know she really concentrates on it. Uh, she can do something. Uh, I, I hope she can. You know, there's such a... Uh, I'm going to use my 25 cent word of the day here, but there's such a plethora of artists uh, out there in the world today and some really, really big talent. And unfortunately, a lot of people get cast by the wayside because it's not what they know. It's a lack of who they know. And uh, I hope this young lady does have some good contacts because I think she deserves to go uh, further than the David Bowers Awards. Not that you know, we're a minor player or anything, but I think we make a great stepping stone for some of these people. I don't disagree with anything you said there, including the fact that I think Rachel is going to go places. She does have a heck of a voice. And again, I am really taken by the uh, unusual uh, construct of the song. Very, very sparse instrumentation, but full of voices. And, uh, that's an interesting combination. She carries it off very well. Watch for her. Rachel Vaughn, last name B is in boy, A-W-N. And uh, you can find her all over the Internet. Don't forget, if you like her music, be sure and follow her and add her music to your streaming playlist. John Bon Jovial, how are things with you this week? A little on the frigid side of life as we are recording this show. Uh, it is uh, here in uh, the Kalamazoo, Michigan area. Uh, I think the high temperature today got up to 7 degrees. Uh, it did get down to uh, minus 7 or 7 below zero uh, last night. That was interesting. Um, I can tell you this. You know, I've been going out during this cold snap. I've been going out and making sure that you know, the car starts and everything is good with it and you know, let the motor run for a few minutes. And my Florida car, a car that's never seen uh, cold weather in its entire life, is so angry with me right now. <laughs> it's, what have you done to me? Why are we here? <laughs> I can almost hear the screams from here. <laughs> yeah, that's got to be a uh, a shock to the system. And uh, having survived that uh, many times, I can sympathize with you. Good luck to you. I know you'll be anxious for April, May, and June to show up. Oh, <laughs> absolutely. You know, they, the, they, the roads are very icy right now. And, of course, it's all over the local media. If you don't have to drive, if you don't have to go anywhere, stay at home. And uh, if you get to work at home, work from home. Don't go into yeah. the office if they absolutely don't need you. 
And uh, I know that my sister-in-law was out driving today, and she's a lifelong Michigander, and she was telling me that the roads are just horrendous, and people are spinning out left and right because they're being idiots and yeah. not knowing how to drive in snow and ice. And uh, she said, yeah, it is. It's real bad out there today. But things are going to improve. You know, they're going to improve the roads. We're going to have about two more days of uh, so-called cold weather. And then by the end of the week, it's supposed to be back up into a high temperature of the twenties, which is kind of banana belt ish <laughs> compared to what we're having yes. now. <laughs> <laughs> and you've only got two more months of this. So, and then it'll start warming up right about the time baseball starts up. Ah, baseball. That's right. Baseball. Looking forward to it. <laughs> Go, go Red Sox, the heck with the Yankees. <laughs> well, we'll see what happens during the course of the season. The Yanks have picked up a couple of big-name players, but that's a whole nother ball game, pun intended. Let's get right to the music after we salute our friends. And, of course, they include all the gang up at uh, WROC. I'm sorry, WRFZ, FM 106.3 in Rochester, New York. And uh, they include Steve Litvak, the Baron, whose Rock and Roll Rumble follows the David Bowers Awards on Saturday at uh, Rochester Free Radio. And then, of course, after the Baron comes Armand, who spins some wild and wacky music. And uh, both of them come up with some great stuff, a lot of which you probably never heard before, but you're going to love it all because they know their music and they do it right. And then, of course, on Sundays, don't miss Brian Judah's Rock the Rock. That starts noon Sundays and goes to 4 o'clock. So uh, now that football season is almost over, you'll be able to spend even more time checking out the music on Rochester Free Radio, WRFZ FM 106.3. And you can find them at rochesterfreeradio.com if you don't happen to be in the Rochester area and able to listen on your mic, on your uh, radio. And also a salute to our friend up in Utica, Z at the Disruption Network, home of local music Mondays in upstate New York. You can find the Disruption Network on YouTube. Check them out and tell them that we sent you after them. I'll appreciate that, and I know you'll appreciate the fun, the music, and the people. Great times for great music, and that's what this is, because right now it's time for our first guest, young lady from India who has been with us before. She's back with a tremendous new record that I just know you're going to love, and boy, has she got some stuff to talk about, too. So let's get right to it. Here is Aditi and the Queen.
queen. What a tremendous song. And here is the young lady who gave it to us. Aditi, come on in here. Hello, how are you? Hi, I'm good. Thank you for inviting me on the show. Oh, thank you for joining us. Always a pleasure. It's been, well, it's been a year or more since you were here last, and I know a lot of things have happened since you were here. I know one of the big things was the fact that you became, uh, in 22, I guess it was, you became the youngest solo Indian global chart topper. That must have been quite a thrill. Definitely it was. It was it was amazing. I uh, I got to be number one on two simultaneous indie charts. That was the first time anything had ever, like I'd ever placed on a chart. And I was just tremendously happy. Um, I was actually in the middle of my finals, uh, studying for my exams at that time, my 12th grade exams. And it was I was really stressed in a really stressed mindset. So it was a really wonderful news to hear. And it it has it has me like relax and focus on my exams. Um, it was really amazing, and I still really think of it fondly. And I think my goal always is I want to do even better than that always, and I hold that fondly and just want to go forward in life, definitely. Well, you're definitely doing an excellent job of that. And Thank I wanted you. to ask you about this great song that you just released, The Queen. Tell us about that. Definitely. Uh, I think The Queen is one of my favorite songs that I've ever released. Um, I think it's really, really special to me. Uh, it's all about dealing with anxiety and using a fantasy world to escape from that anxiety. I think that escapism is a very real thing, and a lot of the times real-world anxiety can get too much, and we just feel like slipping into a fantasy world to avoid it. I think that's exactly what I felt when I wrote The Queen. I was in the middle of a year-long writer's block uh, during The Queen. And I was really worried I would never make a song that I was proud of again. I just really couldn't write a word, and it was a really, really stressful time for me. Um, and so I ended up writing The Queen, and it became just a super special track, and it kind of made me believe that I could do this again. Well, it's a super special track to listen to as well. Thanks. And uh, I'll be honest, it blew me away the first time I heard it. And I said, well, we've got to get Aditi back here to talk about this and all she's been going through because obviously you had gone through a very special stage of your life. And between your finals and then enrolling in Berkeley, uh, you definitely have been through a special time in your life. And we congratulate you. You've done an excellent job. John Bon Jovial, come on in here and join the fun. Well, okay. Well, first and foremost, Aditi, it is so wonderful to have you back on the show with us. And it's just, what a great song. Um, as I was uh, telling you, you know, off air uh, just a few minutes ago, I actually got to hear Queen uh, for the first time. And I am so impressed with what you have done here. It is such a wonderful song, and the blending of cultures that I've noticed in it, it, it is definitely upfront, for lack of better words, a good commercial American-sounding song, but then yeah. there's such underlying tones of Indian heritage in it that the way you blend the two together is just absolutely superb. I don't think I've ever heard anything put together quite the way you put this together. And Thank you so much. So what prompted you 
to do this song? Where did the initial spark come from to get it to what we just heard? Thank you. I think the initial spark for me is uh, I got really inspired by a Taylor Swift song uh, called The Lakes that she did. Okay. And I felt uh, I wanted to write a song that was poetic. And I think that's kind of where the spark came in. I kind of listened to that song and I just felt like uh, I just felt like I wanted to write something like that, something that was poetic and had a lot of poetry in it. I also find it really interesting that you felt the song um, mixed Indian heritage. I actually didn't mean to do that at all. So I'm really, really, uh, I'm really interested that you picked up on that. I think that it might be kind of an unconscious thing I may have done. I've lived, you know, a lot of my life in India and I think, um, I think a lot of the influences I've heard around in terms of Indian indie music might have seeped into this track. So I think that's a really awesome observation. Uh, definitely, yeah. Well, I have to agree uh, with it, you on that. Yeah, it, it's just it's just such a uh, a well done piece of music, and the originality of it is uh, really special. Uh, you know, we Thank get a, we get a lot of people on this show and some very very talented musicians, but we don't get too many on the show that have something that is so uniquely original like what you've done here. So, uh, you know, I'm not trying to pile false accolades on you. I really do mean it that you did a nice job on this song, and and I really hope to hear more things from you like this. Thank you. I really, uh, I'm so, so grateful for all the support and encouragement. It really uh, made my day to hear this. Thank you so much. I think you'll definitely hear a lot more from me, and uh, just thanks again. Well, we're looking forward to that. And yes, the as we've discussed on here with artists in the past, we are all influenced by our surroundings, by our environment as we're growing up. And uh, of course, you had a lot of input from your Indian heritage. So it's not surprising that it worked its way into your final product when you're creating new music. And uh, But yet... It's not overwhelming, which I think is is good because it creates a balance between, you know, what you inherited and what you're trying to do. It doesn't lean too far one way or the other, and that's a good thing. And it may very well be part of the originality that John refers to there. Also, the fact that you have gone from your original training, which included opera training, as I remember, and you have gone into Western classical and pop contemporary music, which is a uh, a transition to say the least. How did you how did you make that move? How did you expand from your original Indian music? Mm-hmm. Oh, um, actually, I didn't uh, I didn't receive Indian classical music training, uh, but I did hear a lot of it growing up. Uh, though I never was formally trained or ever sang it, my grandmother actually she is uh, she is an Indian classical singer. So I definitely heard a lot of influences and things that she would play to me. Uh, and as for my Western classical, I uh, so actually um, what was really interesting is I used to uh, really belt out pop tunes as a child. I started with that, but I learned Western classical and was able to kind of transition into that, which really helped me, I think, change the way I sing pop. I think with my Western classical training, I've really gotten a wonderful foundation. I can kind of reach high notes a lot more seamlessly now, I feel, and 
I think I have a unique sound, in my opinion, where I feel I'm able to channel that old world Western classical charm as well as to bring a new world pop feel. I think that's something I'd really like to continue, and I'm really interested in both these genres. Thank you for the question. Oh, you're very welcome, and uh, we have plenty more questions for you. Never fear. <laughs> One of them that I would personally like to know, mm-hmm. how do you, what do you feel helped you through the progress from what you originally started, you know, belting out pop tunes as a younger child, transitioning to each step that you've gone through? What do you think was the single factor, single most important factor, if you will, in getting you to think in terms of the transition and actually do it? Thank you. I think that's a really interesting question. I think for me, it was a really unconscious thing. I feel like as a child, I just getting better at music. I knew that I loved music and I knew I, I had like this thirst to learn music. And I think I just, Sometimes in life when I think you're destined to do something, I think you stumble into it. And in a way, it's both intentioned and unintentioned. I think with, you know, learning my Western classical training, we had heard of a really renowned teacher in the area who was really equipped to teach me that. And me and my parents really tried to get in touch with her. And we managed to get in touch with her. And she managed to teach me all that she taught me. And um, when I ended up moving away from that particular city, I ended up like kind of getting into making my own songs. I actually used to write poetry, and I ended up stumbling into songwriting. And I kind of think that it's just been a lot of strings that I've ended up grasping and trying to build up on. I think that um, I think I believe in destiny, and I believe that the path I've had is def- definitely destined. And I hope that there's more wonderful things in the future that I can learn from and kind of improve on as an artist. Well, I'm glad you said that because that leads me to the next question, which is simply, what do you credit your ability to do all of this from? I think I would uh, credit my ability to um, really the support system I've gotten from my parents. I think that... I think that I would never have been able to do anything that I had done without their support. I feel like even if I had potential, I never would have been able to realize it without someone to tell me um, that I have something. I think um, when I was a child, my mom, actually, she was one of the first people to say, you know, my, my child. I actually was, uh, I started humming at around nine months. And my mom was the one of the first to actually pick that up and say, I think that my child has something special. She's humming at such a young age. And my dad, you know, he knew that I had a dream, and he always supported me. I feel like um, I really credit everything I've done to my parents and for really being able to point out certain things about me that I may not have noticed. I was too young to notice. And I think they also have helped me. They've helped, you know, positively critique me on ways to improve. So I think I would really credit everything I've done to them, definitely. I think that a support system is just so important. And I would also credit my uh, whatever I've done so far to my passion. I think that I just was born with an innate passion for music. I think music made me happy in a way that I don't think a lot of other things have made me happy. And I think that passion burns to this day, and it's what has inspired me to keep learning and keep going forward. I think that it's impossible to go forward without passion. And I think that we should all find something we're passionate about and just stick with it, even if it doesn't seem like the most viable thing in the moment. I think it will become a very viable thing if we keep pursuing it. 
I believe you are absolutely right there, and I'm glad you mentioned your mother because I wanted <laughs> to ask you about something you posted online when you were doing promo <laughs> shots for the Queen. You posted yep. one where you said you stole your mom's dress. Yes, I did. <laughs> I did, yes. <laughs> Does your mom know that? Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. I, I ended up like uh, coming to her and being like, Mom, I need a dress for this video. And uh, she helped me ransack her closet and she helped me take one. <laughs> so oh. I'm grateful for the trips I take to her closet as well. <laughs> Fantastic. It was so great that you posted it the way you did. I mean, you could have just posted the picture and it would have been lovely. But you did. You went out and you openly said, I stole my mom's dress for this one. Yeah, I, I think that is great. That is classic. Congratulations on that. Congratulations <laughs> on a fantastic career so far. And I see no reason why you can't continue in that direction. Before we let you go, want to give you a chance real quick here. We've got about 30 seconds. Tell the folks yep. how they can find you online, how they can write you, and, of course, how they can get your music. Awesome. Thank you so much for bringing that up. Uh Hi, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, you can find me on my Instagram. My Instagram is Adirate, Aditi Ayer Music. That is A-D-I-T-I-I-Y-E-R and music. Uh, you can also find me on my Spotify. That's uh, Aditi, a capital A, a capital A within a small you know, letter, D-I-T-I. Uh, you can find me on my Facebook, which is also Aditi Ayer Music. Uh, those are all the ways to find me. Yeah. Fantastic. I think they will find you. If not, they can write me at david at thedavidbowers.com, and I'll be happy to connect them to you. Before we let you go, I think we've got just enough time for you to tell us real quick about the song we're going to close with, Never Met You. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, Never Met You is a song that I ended up writing about last last summer. Um, I think it's a really awesome song. Uh it's a song about kind of about negativity and toxic people. I think um, a lot of the times with in terms of, uh, I think a lot of the times we have negative feelings and we feel really ashamed of those feelings. I think we kind of bottle them up and sometimes we can turn a little toxic because of that every now and then. I wrote Never Met You as a way to kind of acknowledge the negative feelings we may all have from time to time uh, in a way that kind of, expressing the fact that we can all be sometimes kind of bad people. And I think Never Met You was a song that expresses that kind of um, immaturity that we might show from time to time. I think this song is kind of about unrequited love, but in a way where the person feels that they feel really sad that the other person hasn't returned to their affection and they feel, you know, I wish I never met them, which is, of course, an immature response, but I feel we all have those kind of responses from time to time. I just kind of, this song was me... Um, acknowledging the stress I was going through due to a lot of things, due to academics, due to, you know, a lot of, um, you know, college-related things, and I was able to kind of express and vent in that song. So it's a really special song to me, and I hope you all really enjoy it. Thank you. Well, you explain it very well, and I'm glad you did because it makes a lot of sense the way you put it. Ladies and gentlemen, Aditi Iyer, and here she is with Never Met You. Thank you. Was a normal girl who lived a normal life. Never faced the facts, was comfortable with life. Doesn't leave, but sometimes 
never met you right after you listen to her current hit the queen can be a lot more of that young lady don't you think so john bon jovial oh she's got miles and miles to go and she's going to accomplish the journey very well Uh, she's a very talented young lady and i'm looking forward to hearing more from her absolutely absolutely and for our listeners if you like her music add aditi ire to your streaming playlists online. Right now, we have a couple of more guests standing by, a wonderful young couple that was uh, directed our way by our good friend Michael at MTS Records and Management, and we're going to get to talk with them and hear their exciting story because they've got a lot going on. I think you're going to be interested, and I know you're going to like the music of Cliff 
and Susan. Here they are with their current hit, Maybe You Should. husband and wife duo of Cliff and Susan, all the way from Little Rock, Arkansas. And uh, we're going to talk to them right now. So Cliff and Susan, come on in here and say hello. Hey there. How are you guys doing tonight? Good to be here. Doing well. Thank you. Welcome aboard. And I hope all is going good for you. Every time, I got to tell you, every time I hear 
the name Little Rock, I think back to that great old Furlan Husky tune from the 50s. I hear Little Rock calling. It's just unnatural to me. So uh, we have a kinship there already. Now, a lot of people that I've talked to aren't familiar with Cliff and Susan. And I know if I have my facts straight that uh, you got together and dropped your first release, what, in 21? Well, actually, in 2020, April of 2020, we had released a single, and then we dropped a few singles over the last three years, but we finally uh, got our first album, our debut album, in October 2023, so I'd say that's the biggest splash we made. Fantastic. So we'll tell you more about a long time coming, but we're excited about the momentum. And you definitely have momentum going to get your own little music empire started, but before we get into that, tell us a little bit about the background of Cliff and Susan, where you came from, how you got to where you are today. Sure. Yeah, we met at Willie D's in Little Rock at a dueling piano club, and we have both had a musical history, but we met and hit it off, and I have been playing music ever since. We got married um, in Vegas just about a a year later, and so uh, our journey started there, and we've taken it all the way to releasing our first album together and uh, we're very excited for everything to come we do over 200 shows a year and it's been seven years now together six years married so um lots of fun with music but we're really excited to have our music out into the world i can well understand that you've got some great music and i have been reading through your notes uh it's a uh, it's a short career you had i don't I'll stop short of calling it an overnight success, but uh, when you figure you've been together seven years total and you dropped your first release less than four years ago, um, that's that's a pretty quick climb up there. Now, the song you just did, Maybe You Should, what can you tell us about that? Well, I, um, just a real quick answer. I've been I've been in the music business for 20 years. I've been performing by myself. When Cliff and I met, we both had been you know, playing music for well over a decade. He had in me, and then when we got together, so seven years together as a, an official duo, um, right. Maybe You Should was a project that I did in, in Nashville that um, was a, a song that was written by Gary Nicholson, Michael Reed, and Taylor Hicks, and it was just one that I thought really fit my, my voice. And so we brought that one onto this record, and it's been really well received. Um, two of the songs on our, our debut album, Fiddle and Keys, are from that Nashville project. The other 10 songs on the album were produced by ourselves and Cliff arranged and played all the instruments and produced it. So 12 songs uh, culminating into a, a debut album there for us. Fantastic. That's the, that's quite a story in and of itself. John Bon Jovial, come on in here and join the conversation. Okay. Well, first and foremost, uh, Cliff and Susan, welcome to the show. It really is pretty cool to have you on with us. And uh, I am... Uh, a man that is completely and totally in love with country music. Uh, I uh, spent many of my 50-plus uh, years in the radio business jocking country music. I know it like the back of my hand. It is such a pleasure to hear somebody sing a ballad, Susan, the way you just sang that, without the use of auto-tune, without the use of overly produced 1,001 strings of Barbara Mandrell kind of thing. So I like it, and I, if this well, is a you. good thank example, you. yeah, if this is an example of what you and Cliff are doing, 
then my hat's off to you. And thank you so much for bringing back an old school style of country music. Thank you. I, I love that. It, you know, um, one of the writers on this song was also a writer of the If I Can't Make You Love Me, that Bonnie Raitt song. It's got a lot of the same elements, I think, of that, that one. And I just love that. That really kind of almost a bluesy sound meets country. Um, I will say, as a as a ballad, I like to I like to rock and roll. I like to sing up tempo, fun, high energy songs. So this was me stepping out of my comfort zone to to sing this, and uh, it's, to have it been so well received, it's been very very warming and, and encouraging for me to continue to to push into that ballad. Well, you were well, absolutely you right. Well. It's a song that definitely yeah. fits your voice and style. You do it well, John. I had. Yeah, I hadn't thought about the Bonnie Raitt uh, aspect of it. And yes, now that I think back on listening to this song just now, you're right. I can hear it in there. It didn't occur to me at the time. But, uh, of course, how, how can Bonnie Raitt be a bad influence is the way I look at it. <laughs> I, love, I love that. And I, I, um, I kind of I teeter on a raspiness in my voice that has a bluesy thing about it and I always love Susan Tedeschi, Tedeschi Trucks. I love um, Bonnie Raitt. And then if I'm really hoarse and I've sang a lot, um, I'll be leaning into some Janis Joplin. But <laughs> that's that's pretty extreme for me if I'm at that point. Well, there aren't a, there aren't a lot of Janis Joplins out there, but uh, you you do well, and you you have a from my perspective, you have a good handle, a good feel on your voice and how to use it and get the most out of it. And that's the important thing, not so much, you know, necessarily imitating uh, someone else or even trying to, but doing in that direction in your own style, retaining your own strong points is a very important combination. And you handle it very well. Now, you have, as I intimated up front, you have a bunch of stuff going on. You've got your... You've got your music recording careers. And the first thing I wanted to touch on is your appearances, because I understand that you do uh, interactive appearances. Well, we, um, our show, our, we do over 200 shows and they're very high, high energy interactive, you know, crowd interactive. So we, we know over 2000 songs and we travel internationally doing a cover show that is everything, country rock, oldies, and blues. Of course, our music now, we're starting to do more shows that are just specifically original shows with the full band now, but I think that's what you mean by the interactive um, portion. We were, we did get some uh, chance to be on national TV last year. We've opened for ZZ Top, so we've had some pretty cool things happen in the last couple of years. Absolutely, and I, you, you have to forgive me. I'm getting my information from your bio and some notes that I've run, and they had mentioned your interactive shows, and I wasn't sure because, well, you know, I've always advocated that artists should try to interact with the audience to some degree, and I didn't know if you had uh, a special type of interaction where you went beyond the usual, where you may, you know, actually exchange with the audience or what, so... I thought I'd give it a give it. Sure, give it a yeah. Well, I'll, 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 I'd like to tell you more about that. I mean, I, our shows, of course, we get people singing along and using the hits of all decades to um, to get people to sing and clap and dance. But uh, we specifically will bring people from the audience to the stage and kind of work them into the show. Like I might get some une- une- unexpected 
uh, gentleman up there to dance like Elvis. We've got a few props that we use. And so it turns into where the crowd is the star. And I think, you know, central to our mission as a duo in the kind of music we do, but just in general, the entertaining show is really what sets us apart and what we always strive to really bring that high energy, fun, interactive show. So there's a lot of ways you can do that to be interactive, but I'd say, you know, bringing people up to the stage would be one of the more unique factors of our show. Exactly. See, I knew there was a story behind that somewhere. And thank sure. you for going into that. That That is excellent, really. That's that's a way to get the audience charged up and excited. Now, Cliff, you've been sitting there for the most part letting Susan do most of the talking, but you have a little bit of an interesting history of your own, as I see it. You started, how, how did you get from Mountain View, Arkansas, to performing in Nashville? Uh, so I've, I've actually lived in Ark, uh, in Little Rock, North Little Rock area my whole life, but I, I did uh, travel to Mountain View, Arkansas with my grandparents uh, quite a bit to just play. That's a big spot to where you go, go on the courthouse square and there's always people playing music around everywhere, a very old-timey, a lot of bluegrass. So um got a lot of fiddle shops. A lot of people know me for my fiddle and especially our album is called Fiddle and Keys. So there's a, a heavy fiddle and uh, piano element to that whole album. And uh, so I got a lot of my fiddle chops and a lot of my bluegrass chops in Mountain View, but um, yeah, I never, never lived there but I, I, <laughs> as well. The notes didn't go into detail as to whether you lived there or just played there, but it said that, you and Susan met on a stage in Little Rock, so I knew you had been there, and I gathered from your bio that you had performed in Nashville, and I figured, you know, that's a, that's a big step, uh, getting married in Arkansas, winding up on stage in Nashville, and you, going through your bio and the stuff you've got going, we could probably do a whole hour-long show with just you. Now, let's see, you've got a production company, you produce artists, uh, as well as writing and performing, and what all have you got going? You've got a you've got a production company. You have a record label too. We're not a record label, but we do have a, a production company, and we do a lot of artist development. Um, and we we produce our we we are our own label, but we don't um, put other people on our our label per se. But um, we've produced our entire album and recorded it here at our home studio. And uh, I've produced several other artists uh, in the same. Up there, uh, yeah. Um, just after, just after Nash, Cliff uh, lived in, and performed in Nashville. I think that was one of the things that you were asking him about earlier. Um, he played all over the um, Broadway and did a lot of recording in Nashville right before we met. And um, when we got together, we we incorporated and started Big Red Dog Productions, which is our record label and our production and artist development company. And so under that, we have a lot of different projects. In fact, we're working on a project right now. Cliff just finished an album of production for Freedom Sings Arkansas, which is a, a nonprofit group that pairs veterans with hit, hit songwriters in Nashville, and they write songs, and Cliff has produced and arranged an entire album and has uh, another project with them coming up. So we do a lot under the umbrella of our production company. Amazing. We're definitely going to have to have you come back in the future and tell us more, because I understand what you, you have a music and arts festival, too. We sure do. Um, it's called Yadaloo Music and Art Festival, and we um, started right before the pandemic. We came out of the gates with a big, great 
um, new festival in Central Arkansas, and we had won Arkansas best, Arkansas's Best New Festival of the Year. And then, of course, you know, the world changed. Um, we had a virtual event yes. during the pandemic, and uh, we kept it alive, and it's been going well for, for many years now. I think we're in our fifth year now. We focused that around Texas and Red Dirt Country music, so that was our big thing, that we we love the Texas country scene and artists, and we try to incorporate a little bit of that into our music as well. Fantastic. Quite a story, and I know my listeners are going to want to hear more, so I'm going to give you a chance, as we do with all of our guests, to tell the audience real quick how they can follow you online, where they can find you, and, of course, how they can get your music. Absolutely. Well, if you go to anywhere on social media, just type in Cliff and Susan, and you can find us on TikTok, Facebook, Instagram. We're on all of the different platforms. But if you'd like to check out our website, cliffandsusan.live, that's www.cliffandsusan.live. And we're on all of the streaming platforms. Our, our album is Fiddle and Keys, and that's 12 songs that they can check out wherever you listen to music. Great, and we want to thank you so much for coming and sharing with us today. And before we do let you go, one last thing. We're going to play, I believe this was an earlier hit for you guys. We're going to play Neon Dreams, and I'd uh, love it if you'd tell us about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Neon Dreams is a, it's a high-energy country song, kind of uh, an anthem for all the musicians out there that uh, play on the weekends and uh, just throw a party for everybody else, and that's kind of what the song is based around. And uh, yeah, I hope y'all enjoy that one. We like that one a lot, and it's a great energy song for when we play live. And I've just got to get to one of your shows, so you keep us in mind if you make it. Well, John is up in Michigan in the Kalamazoo area. I'm out in the Tempe, Phoenix, Arizona area. If you ever get into one of those areas, you'll be sure and let us know because we'd like to come out and meet you and uh, and catch you in action too. So before you go, I want to take a moment to thank you so much for coming and sharing with us. And uh, we do look forward to having you back on the show again. Thank you so much thank for having us. Much. You're very welcome. Keep in mind, we also have a Facebook page, among many other pages, the David Bowers Awards Music Groups page. You can post your tour dates, new releases, anything you want to share with fans. Post it directly to that page. And we will pick it up and share it on other pages that we post to. That's there for you to use. No charge. Just share with us because you're part of our family now. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. Cliff and Susan, here they are with Neon Dreams. Couple letters gone, the doors don't open till late. Tammy Joe's number still written on the wall in the hall when you walk backstage. Tune up the six string, crank it up loud, hands up in the air, let it all hang out. Just a little dive that you never heard of, but it's what I love, and I'll just keep chasing that knee on with me on the stage I wanna be. Start off 
if I never make it, hell to me it's all the same But maybe one day I'll be the biggest damn star you've ever heard of And I'll just keep chasing that knee on with me on a stage I wanna be Alrighty. on Shoot up to the sky getting high like Elon Making a little noise at the end of the week Just trying to keep up with these Neons, neon, the stage I wanna be on Shoot up to the sky getting high like Elon Neon Dreams, Cliff and Susan, and we thank them so much for joining us. Hope you enjoyed it as much as we did. If you did, be sure and add Cliff and Susan to your streaming playlists online. And uh, we're going to have to wrap it up and get on out of here because we've done it again. We've filled up another whole hour, and uh, we thank you for sticking with us. We look forward to seeing you back here next week. Right now, John Bon Jovial, I think it's time for you to take us home. Oh, another interesting week's show and a kind of a variety of music, too. I liked it. We had a lot of good good times this week, huh? Well, hey, folks, uh, guess what? You did it again. I can't believe it, but you managed to spend another perfectly good hour with us here at the David Bowers Awards. And as always, we really are very, very grateful for your weekly presence, and I, I do truly mean that. The David Bowers Awards is broadcast around the world from our studios in Kalamazoo, Michigan, and of course from the Valley of the Sun in Tempe, Arizona, and you can find us for free on most of the major streaming services. And you can also support the David Bowers Awards by clicking the Support This Podcast link on our Spotify podcast page, and if you'd do that, well, that'd be pretty cool. We'd really appreciate it. Be sure to join us next week for the David Bowers Awards Saturday on WRFZ FM 106.3 on your FM radio dial in beautiful Rochester, New York, otherwise known as Rochester Free Radio. And if you're out of their listening range, then you can always find them on the interwebs at rochesterfreeradio.com. I know that they would appreciate you tuning in. There are a bunch of really good people there. And that's going to be at noon on Saturday. And then the next day on Sunday, you can find us on Blog Talk Radio Sunday at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific, and 6 p.m., uh, excuse me, 7 p.m. UTC. So until next week, for the David Bowers and all the other crew of uh, rejects, morons, and radio rancheros, I am yours truly, the legendary John Bon Jovial, saying be good to each other, love each other, stay warm if you're up in the North Country, and we'll see you next week right here on the David Bowers Awards. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.